What's going on, guys? Welcome to Looking Ahead to Beto Days. I am Chris. And I'm Ryan. And welcome to the show. We have a, a pretty full show for you guys this week. Um, and uh, Ryan, we wanted yeah. to start with sports. And I know we have a lot of <laughs> Texas listeners in here. And I'm sorry, um, especially for some of the higher-ups. But some just absolutely earth-shattering baseball mm-hmm. scandal i mm-hmm. love baseball baseball is my sport i and, i love and, it with an undying passion and, and and to be fair i do not know baseball like you do so i'm aware of i'm aware of what you're talking about but uh i'm not i'm if i'm not the person to defend it let me put it that way <laughs> it's it's real hard to defend so basically what <laughs> happened was in the 2017 season the Houston Astros were taking a camera and they were putting it in the center field, right? Mm-hmm. With that camera, they were zoomed in on the catcher's hands for the opposing team and they were stealing signs. The video okay. went to a room and then to a monitor that was like, at one point in time, they even had a small monitor so that they could see it, um, okay. so they could see the signs. If it was an off-speed pitch, they would bang on a trash can twice. Okay. If it was a fast ball, they wouldn't bang on the trash can. All right, so I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I'm a football fan, so this reminds me very much of the Spygate scandal that went on in football. Same idea. Um, yeah, it seems like it sounds like. So was the illegal act filming the pitch or filming the 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 hand signals? Which part of that was illegal and against the rules? Let me ask you that. Stealing signs is part of baseball. If you have a man on second and you're giving up your signs, James Paxton did it this season. Uh, he That's was tipping pitches. Like, isn't, isn't stealing signs kind of a thing that you, you, you look for to get a competitive advantage? It is. However... That's a, an actual person making calculations on their own. If they can fucking Sherlock that shit out, good for them. But in this case, in MLB's rules, it explicitly mm-hmm. says you cannot use technology to steal signs. Uh... Straight up, flat out. So the th- this gets way bigger, actually, so, because so it goes it into 2018. A, so if it was a pair of, like, someone just looking in some intricate, like, sign language, it's one thing, but... The... The television part's the part that made it. Uh, the video, the, the video, video part. Okay. Because if it's a real, a real person, like and it's actually an actual player on the ball field, and they can mm-hmm. see it, that's that's on the that's on the pitcher and the catcher. Okay. But only uh, basically how they got caught was one of their old pitchers went somewhere else, and he was sitting in the bullpen, and he was like, "Yeah, you guys need to be careful. Um, they're stealing signs." Major League Baseball gets a hold of this, and you know it blows up into this huge event. So, basically, it, it's it's a huge, huge scandal, and you, you've heard a whole bunch of things tossed around, like the Black Sox was the big one that I've heard, you know, the steroid era. Like, see, here's the thing with the steroid era. They could juice all day, but they still have to be able to hit the baseball. When right. you know what pitch is coming, it is so much easier. It's why Altuve's batting average was so low and his strikeout percentage was so low. You know, and not because I'm a Yankees fan, but the uh, he, those were the only two categories he beat Aaron Judge in, and he won MVP that year. So, yeah, you know, just saying. Um, but <laughs> it, the the like it, it started with the players, so the players let aren't going to get any punishment. There. <laughs> yeah, right. The uh, the players aren't going to have it. It's going to be real hard to do anything with the players. It's so like Carlos Beltran is the manager of the Mets now. Mm-hmm. He'll still have no punishment because it'll have it happened when he was a player. However, Alex Cora was the bench coach for Houston in 2017, and he was an intricate part of it. They were using their Apple watches to text things and text messages. So after 2017, Alex Cora gets all this praise, and he gets signed on as the manager of 
the Boston Red Sox. Now, Ryan, can you tell me who won the World Series in 2018? I'll, I, you know what? I'm going to answer for you. It was the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> you can tell I am not the person who uh, knows enough about baseball to, to, to defend this one. <laughs> well, at but, the same time, you know, they also won the World Series that year. Surprise, surprise. And we're doing the same thing. Like, stealing signs has always been a, a thing. It's been a thing. Mm-hmm. It's been a thing. The Yankees have been accused of doing it with video. Like, this was intricate. This was different. This, this, it undermined the integrity of the game for two years. I don't, I don't give a fuck who you are. Like, you know, I don't think Cora, Cora, they're going to drop the hammer on Cora. He was already let go from the Red Sox in anticipation. But I mean, like he could, like, I would like a lifetime ban that he gave two World Series a a asterisks that were, that were taken away from, you know, potential legitimate winners. And Mm -hmm. they played the Dodgers and it was, they, they played the Dodgers in both. So, you know, I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm, uh, that, that, that seems like a, it seems like baseball always has like every once in a while, there's one of these scandals that come along and it just a big ass um, scandal rocks the foundation of baseball and then baseball turns around and ends up being just fine. Yeah, I mean, it happens. Like, I don't know. <laughs> if, if, if Pete you know, Rose can get – because baseball handles their shit. They don't right. let stuff linger. They take care of it and call it it. It's why Pete Rose is – is um uh, he has a permanent life ban from baseball. Right. So maybe the solution you know, is um, – because at some point you're not going to be able to uh, eliminate people using technology to get signs. So maybe the solution is to use technology to deliver the signs. I mean, football has, you know, hell, uh, earbuds in there. Why can't the batting coach call it in? Oh, because the, the batting coach the batting coach doesn't call the signs in. I mean, it the is, pitching coach or is, whoever, you know what I'm saying? I don't they, know. It, 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 it's, it's, they, those guys don't do that. It's solely between the catcher and the pitcher that takes well, so that would take something away use, from baseball. Why don't they use technology to communicate between themselves? Because then they'd have to say, they'd have to talk. So if I'm if well, I'm telling you, no, there's into other a solutions. You can like press a button and get or something. Come on, think big, think big. I don't know, man. <laughs> it, it wouldn't it wouldn't work in baseball. Someone sport like that's that, that's like oh, one of the big. Oh, I don't want to hear this, Grandpa. Base too traditional. It can't to the modern age. Now, come on, football evolves. Football adds technology. You know why can't they? Yeah, but, but it's it's just so hard to do it in in baseball, and just uh, because of the way things. Are. It's why like you they still go to the mountains and and cover their mouths and stuff, like because yeah. people because they can read people will read lips, like if you think they don't people don't have people out there reading lips or watching TV screens, you know that's on you. That's why they cover their mouths. Yeah, baseball should just go digital. Yeah, it's not. I just it, it, it. <laughs> I know you traditionalist. I know. Yeah, yeah. Can't change the game. Gotta. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep it as, as much the same as you can. You you see what screwing around with football has done because the quality of the game is just absolutely terrible. Hey, um, which, now, I disagree with that actually. Actually, because I think that the quality is actually it has gotten more fun and safer for sure this year the play i haven't watched the playoffs in a couple of years i'm just was so done mm-hmm. with the patriots but i it's been interesting to watch because it's a lot of you know it's interesting yeah yeah but that actually kind of brings something that i wanted to bring up that i was uh thinking about the other day because this is the you know the season's over you know the playoffs are still going on but the season's over for most of the teams and so now we're in this era of <clears throat> sorry we're in this era of like hiring and firing coaches right now. And something that always seems to come up all the time is the Rooney rule. Now, if you don't know the Rooney rule, it was Art Rooney, who I think was uh, the GM of Oakland, who basically it was his. Art Rooney is the owner of the, of, of the Steelers. Is it the Steelers? Yeah, he owns the Steelers. Okay. okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, he's the... Uh... He's the grandfather of Rooney and Kate Mara. That's why Rooney Mara's name Rooney Mara because the fucking it's like How a do you know soup. this? <laughs> because I, I I know trivia, man. I used to like. Are you I was, like one of those bar I, trivia teams that like go to all the things? I used to play in the national tournament. <laughs> national bar trivia tournament. <laughs> yep, that's a thing. That is a that is a thing. No, I totally believe it's a thing, but that means you have a whole lot of trivia in your head. I know, dude. There's so much dumb shit clanging around in my head. Do you know what Donald Duck's middle name is? Daffy. 
<laughs> you know, it's funny. I said this and I know it. And it, as soon as I said it, I was like, um, you know what Donald's it's, 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 middle it's, name it's, is? It's, it's now escaped me. And now I feel like an idiot. <laughs> You just it starts with an it starts with an F because you know what you know what's throwing me off is Danny Farquhar is the pitcher is a pitcher who figured out what the Astros were doing, um, and <laughs> Fauntleroy that's what it is. I was thinking Farquhar because of baseball it fucked me all up. All right, so Rooney Rule, let's get going. We got a lot of stuff to cover in today's show. We're talking about Donald Duck's middle name. I know, yeah, that that's what you get. To- forward to in our podcast donald duck's middle name <laughs> yeah anyways uh so yeah basically it's this whole idea that um you know you're supposed to interview a minority candidate whenever you hire uh, a head coach or front office executive the idea being because frankly if you look across the league uh minorities are horribly underrepresented in uh in in front office and head coaching roles and a lot of that is there's just a, not a lot of them in the pipeline. So what's weird about this, what's become weird about this Rudy rule is that teams have really just kind of become this thing where they go and they, you know, it seems like they just kind of, it's like a checkbox for them where they yeah. pretend that they're woke and they'll just check a box and move on without actually doing the due diligence to really go after and fire. And we're actually finding something, because I'm an Eagles fan, and we have a. Yeah, uh, you guys signed Michael Vick. We did. We did sign. Yeah, Michael. No, you know, I I live in Virginia. I remember when that shit happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you was know, that was a and, very and, brave and, choice of them. And I I I, I I I know there's a lot of people who don't like Vick, and I know that for very good reasons. Frankly, yep. I supported the decision to hire him. So and 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 here's my thing. That's that's the way the penal system's supposed to supposed mm-hmm. to work. You're supposed to get. Um, it's supposed to be a reforming situation, and, and, that's, and that's what happened with him. He does a lot for this community. He it, was it, very, you know. he was reformed. I, I truly believe he was. I mean, I mean, I know there's people who won't forgive him, but I, and, and you know, I understand that. I can't, it, it, I can't please everybody. Exactly, and 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 he he did his time. He's mm-hmm. more than made up for it. Um, if if you ask me, I mean, I and I get the people. Like I said, I get mm-hmm. the people who are still upset with him, but he right. was an example um of of the system working and then you know for our area like we also have alan iverson mm-hmm. who like m- does something all the time <laughs> you know, it's, it's i mean it's just yeah it, w- it was it was nice and and that's again a lot of that stuff is is unfair mm-hmm. and and you know <sighs> not to bring up cases of things that happened 20 20 or 30 years ago um but you know the the the, the end of the story is the nfl is not as woke as it if is if it thinks it is as it thinks it is because if it was colin kaepernick would be playing football like yeah. you can't tell me he's not better than some of the at least bench players they have i i think honestly the situation with kaepernick got out of hand in a lot of different ways then the nfl let it happen they did. I will honestly say that I don't think that the reason he's playing foot, not playing football is necessarily related to his kneeling or his protests. Um, you know, I, I appreciate that Kaepernick kneeled, but I mean, I'll be honest from a football perspective. I just don't, you know, he, he, he won't be a starting quarterback. In the league. He, he just doesn't, he never had it. Honestly, I don't think he was that good of an athlete. I may piss some people off when I say that, but I just don't think he was that good of a quarterback at the end of the day to be a. And, and that's that's a fair that's a fair yeah. criticism, right? I mean, if you were criticizing his athletic ability, that is that that's okay. Well, I mean, I'm not I, trying to. I, okay, I should say I'm not trying to criticize his athletic ability, but it's that you know if you're not willing to go into a backup role and you insist mm-hmm. on the starter and there's no starting role for you, well, then you got to take that backup role. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't, I don't know that he was necessarily willing to do that. Yeah, and 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 that's fair. Like, and then once you start, if RG three can be on a team, anybody can be on a team at this point, right? And then, and then once you start suing people, and honestly, once you start suing your employer, they're sure as hell aren't going to hire you. Which is why they had that whole. I mean, there was. I'll be honest, they put together a bullshit workout for him, where they yeah called him in, and it was a bullshit workout, and he tried to retake control of it, but even that was kind of bullshit. I mean. Th- at this point, you know, look, the, I, I don't. He did spark something in the NFL, and I think a lot of the players are able 
feel free to speak up because of him. But unfortunately, I think that him being in the league is not uh, just, I just don't think it's going to happen, honestly. Oh, I don't think so either. I think, I think that's something that's unfortunately sailed and it, you know, they have to do better next time. And and that's, that's what I want to see. Cause that's what we want out of everybody. If you make a mistake, you know, fucking fix it. Right. Do better next time. Yeah. Um, so Rooney rule. I don't think we ever actually like dove into that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, well, we I kind of get did, it too. Cause we talked about, cause I was really kind of the point I was trying to get to was, you know, th- this I, whole idea that, you know, we, we, they, this league plays at wokeness a lot, even, you know, even the whole, uh, you know, with what happened with Ka- Kaepernick and everything, you know, I do think that there are reasons why he's not on the field. But the 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 kneeling, the anthem, and all that, there was a lot of bullshit that goes on as well. Especially, um, you know, he called attention to a lot of very salient, important parts and things. And you know, I'm I'm glad that there are other players who are picking that up and running with it. Um, you know, there's a player on the Eagles named Malcolm Jenkins who's a very I like Malcolm Jenkins a lot. He, uh, yeah, I, I can't praise him as much. He actually goes up to Congress. He was instrumental in uh, in the uh, Pennsylvania State House in helping get felons refranchised. I think I can't remember what it was specifically. I think it was vote. I think he was able to get uh, help pass legislation to get felons to be able to vote again. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I, and I, and I, do, he he does. If nothing like that else, Colin Kaepernick opened the door to that. Exactly. And that is a, it is a pretty good accomplishment. Yeah, like he he brought the conversation to the to the table, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's been a ten, you know jackasses like fucking Donald Trump try to um you know hijack that. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. And um, I actually just got a a Twitter update, and this is gonna kind of change this uh, the subject and might change the order of things, but um just a little bit, but that just came through. Um, Mitch McConnell is it's reporting in the Hill. That Mitch McConnell is now saying um, that uh, he is he he knocks a call for additional impeachment witnesses, so he's going to try to get away with not bringing more witnesses, which comes in the wake of all these just absolute bombshell documents mm-hmm. that came from Lev Parnas, who turned them over to Congress. There was fifty nine mm-hmm. pages, including handwritten notes on stationery from the Ritz Carlton in Vienna. Now remind our listeners who's Lev Parnas is. Oh yeah, that's probably not a bad idea. Lev Parnas is one of the two uh, like Ukrainian connected. They're not they were born in Ukraine and raised here. They were working with Giuliani and they're very well connected amongst the um the Trumps. Don't let Donald Trump tell you anything. Otherwise, there's pictures of them together a lot. Right. In fact, Lev Parnas's attorney shared a video of it, and it's really funny. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. Mm-hmm. But um, more importantly, um, some of these documents had like – like there was a letter from Rudy Giuliani to Zelensky saying that he is the personal um, attorney of, of Donald Trump, and it's it's Donald Trump the citizen, and he explains what it is and that him and uh, – you know he's representing the president, and they want them him to do some things. But the craziest shit in this were the WhatsApp texts where they're talking about Maria Yovanovitch. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? I have not seen all the details, so go ahead and clue me in. They basically stalked her. They knew where she was at all times, and apparently, an ex GOP uh, congressional or a GOP GOP congressional candidate was uh, helping them stalk her like they were they knew where she was at one point in time in one of the text messages they said they had some unsavory characters who could uh basically take care of her and remember she got she got pulled out of uh out of kiev the doj was like we're taking you out and we're taking you out right now they didn't explain to it she said it in her interview to congress on november 15th she just she didn't understand or know what was happening they were they were trying to kill an ambassador. Oh boy! Yep. Yeah, they were threatening to kill an ambassador. Our president of the United States involved in a plot that could have resulted in the assassination of that ambassador. That's normal. Yeah, that's totally that is that is the normal we lived in. That is just absolutely mind blowingly bonkers. And this attack this goes right to fucking um, impeachment, which is part of what we're talking about because they sent over the articles of of. Uh, 
impeachment today. But I will tell you one thing. Don't fuck with Nancy Pelosi. She's a <laughs> genius. If you don't think she didn't know this was coming, you are wrong. She yeah. timed this perfectly. Yeah, she definitely, uh, you know, obviously holding on to the, obviously now the narrative is in the GOP's court, right? Because you release the articles of impeachment. You no longer, she doesn't really have much control. But by slow walking this for so long, she really let the focus shift on it being a fair trial in the Senate. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, it, there was a real risk if she would have just released it right away and the rush and energy of everything was going on. McConnell very well could have easily gotten a, 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 a vote passed to not allow any witnesses at all and just completely shut everything out. And that's what he's trying to do now. And, well, and apparently, he's trying to do, but what he ended up doing actually was he, he only he's only blocking uh witnesses for the opening testimony there's mm -hmm. another vote after that on whether or not to allow witnesses in an actual trial so they're basically following the clinton rules impeachment rules on that regard um now in the clinton i voted to call witnesses um i think the expectation i've seen now i think there's at least 10 republicans who are willing to uh flip over Mm -hmm. is what I let the last count I saw. So the, the likelihood that McConnell's going to get his way uh, might not happen because the reality is th this has never been impeachment at the end of the day. If you want to do the political analysis on this and you really kind of do the math, impeachment was never really about Trump. It's about the Senate and it's about flipping the Senate. And the way you flip the Senate is you start pushing you start really putting pressure on some of these, you know, Susan, th these purple and, you know, blue state Republicans who they're not going to go against Trump, but they at least need to put on a reasonable front to try to look nonpartisan. You know, the Mitt Romney's and Susan Collins. And exactly. I can't remember the lady's name in like, uh, like Mitt, Romney's a, Mitt Romney's a perfect example. Mitt Romney would you know if he just voted to completely impeach trump it's completely against his brand and he would lose re-election but if he okay i'm going to offer him a fair trial sure maybe it's a rigged trial um but you know at least we'll do our best to make it look as good as we can blame mcconnell if you want but i'm gonna vote based on what i see and he'll eventually vote to not impeach but at least he'll try and play that game and then that just gives his opponent reason to hammer home <laughs> you know what i'm saying well what they need yeah. to do is they need they need to burn giuliani they they've got to get him in they have oh, to yeah. start putting in and hopefully some of these documents like if he's in the country he needs to be in custody right now because if they can get him to flip the games over he is well the problem he, is who's going to enforce that anthony barr i'm i'm i, I, I mean this is really the problem i mean so yeah they're going to have to call witnesses and the fight's going to be who's going to be allowed to call witnesses um yeah. But I don't think that I don't think that'll matter at that point. Like, eventually, public opinion is gonna sh is gonna shift. It, you're not you're not shooting oh, for is. the hardcore Republicans that are are, are are diehard Trumpers. You see all the videos of them saying a bunch of nonsense and dumb shit. Yeah. You also see the people who can't tell you a thing that the man's done because he ain't done a fucking goddamn thing. Right. You know what? <laughs> that that's actually unfair. He did put out some criminal justice reform. Let's put it. Let, let's let's put shit in perspective um, where it okay. is. It, it, that's a start. A step in the right direction as far as that's concerned. Well, that's it concerned. Wasn't, it wasn't his bill. Yeah, no, no, no. But but I mean, he didn't have to sign <gasps> shit. He right. could have vetoed it. Right. So I mean, you know, credit where credits due. Uh, he's still the world's biggest piece of garbage. But let's let's be fair. Um, he. It. Well, he has done one thing recently, and that is almost start a war with Iran. Oh, oh, Jesus <laughs> Lord. And that that's even worse. And this is going to sound really, really bad. And, you know, you can't you can't forgive the Iranians for blowing up a, a jetliner. But that started with the United States and cr the, the tensions they created there. Oh, yeah. It, that, you, can't, you can't separate it. I mean, we would not be in the situation had the United States had we not assassinated uh, uh, Suleimani, 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 Suleimani. Suleimani. Soleimani or something like that. Soleimani. I don't know. Real big asshole. Deserved yeah. to die. However, you, we just you can't do that shit. You can't like that. kill. Well, I mean, it's the thing. You can't kill state actors. 
not without declaring war. He was a state actor. Granted, it was state-sponsored terrorism, but we violated the diplomatic immunity of an ally to do it. Like, that was wrong. He was, he was in Iraq on our behest to negotiate a peace deal. <laughs> you know, th there's... There's certain... See, I hadn't heard that. I had heard that he was like at the uh, Iraq like embassy Iraqi with the protests and stuff. And, and he was—that's where he, he was going. He was, he was in the area because uh, the United States requested uh, someone to go between Iraqis to go between us and Iran to kind of help ease negotiation. He was there under diplomatic immunity, uh, dealing with Iraq. Jesus, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, and, and I'm just Ugh. thinking to myself, imagine if we, I don't know, imagine if, you know, Putin's a bad guy. If we ended up drone striking Putin, I don't think very many people would be sad, right? No. But now imagine if we drone struck Putin in London at Heathrow Airport. <laughs> <laughs> like, think about this for a second, you know? It, there's just some, this isn't okay. This isn't how a rational country behaves you don't assassinate foreign leaders like that you know it just i'm sorry but when you're a head of state with diplomatic immunity it, it means something it really yeah does. and dude that motherfucker sanctioned that shit seven months ago yeah it, I, it just the, the the stuff doesn't add up it is it's just a it, real problem the, especially there was no immediacy let's be let's call it what it is nobody has been able to see legit legitimate proof that there was imminency. The only people who have seen proof have said that uh, we re like Lindsey Graham didn't really defend the strike. It was more of a well, we can't talk bad about it because it gives aid and comfort to the enemy. You know, that's that's more or less what his response boils down to. It's like these people they don't they're just abdicating their oversight responsibility completely it, and just it's a it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a distraction yeah it's a distraction he wanted a distraction from impeachment he thought he could get away with this and it's only going to get worse because he's getting desperate and now he's killing people granted mm -hmm. piece of shit person killing people and that's not even the thing right if you wanted Soleimani dead we could have done it a million other different ways without having to come out and say yeah we did it hell yeah fuck yeah we blew that motherfucker mm -hmm. straight on up to hell that's not how that works right the United States has been assassinating leaders for a long time right we didn't like the guy in South Vietnam so we assassinated him the CIA mm -hmm. had it done Nobody knew the United States did it. I mean, they probably assumed, but they weren't like, yeah, no, 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 dude. The United States totally. I mean, let me get this straight. Guy. I'm not out here like advocating for his assassination. I don't think we should be assassinating leaders. That ultimately, it doesn't solve anything. What did it do? It galvanized the Iranian people against the government. Okay. And then the we the by by and just it sounds awful saying it this way. It it only swung back because of the airplane accident. Well, that does that doesn't happen, and you you Iran still kind of like united a little bit, right? But this is the crazy part about the whole strike to begin with is that he united the country at a time when two weeks prior to that, there was massive anti-government protests in Iran. The Iranian government is not popular with the people. Like there was no reason to, like, he should have just stuck with the deal. There was no reason for him to stir the pot like this. He is not making things better. He's not hastening anything. All he's doing is adding more chaos to a situation that already can be disruptive. You know, we now have missile. We have guided missiles. These aren't mortars that are just like, you know, you just lob it over and they run. These are guided missiles. They intentionally missed. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. They, they could have killed a lot of people, and they wanted us to know we could have killed a lot of people. And, and, and they're acting like, you know, because there were no American casualties, this whole resolution was some type of victory. I just know it's not. You do have a body count. You know? Yeah, and, and a lot of more Canadians. And, and it just, right. it's the tantrums are... Like, it's like, like trying to get a kid to do something they really, really don't want to do. Right. So I'm going to I'm going to use my son here for a second. My wife wanted to put pants on Bodhi. Bodhi mm -hmm. 
did not want to wear pants and he was not having anything to do with pants so first he he was upset he was like just moving his legs around pushing them out Mm -hmm. making it hard so she's trying to like you know get him up then he gets more and more upset the more (laughs) cornered he feels because you know he's a child let's let's, let the symbolism here is on purpose so the more and more constrained he get, the more and more pissed off he got. Right. So that it got to the point that like he leaned forward and he bit her. This oh, no. is out of this child's wheelhouse. Like not something he does. He learned real quick that that, that shit ain't going to fly. Um, but he bit her and, but he's a child, right? Like he reacted in a way like he didn't like something. He didn't want something. So he, he lashed out because mm-hmm. you know, he's a baby. He's one. Yeah. That's what we've got sitting in the White House, right? He's getting more and more cornered, so he's lashing out in ways, except for there's there's real casualties here, right. not just a sore shoulder. And it's it's getting more and more uh, it's getting more and more worrisome. And that's why elections are so important. And oh, yeah. that's where you come in. You get the you get the big piece this week. <laughs> Ryan Ryan's been doing some pretty solid work. Um and not just for the show. Let's 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 completely well, ignore the show for a second. But I, no, shut up. Let me <laughs> let me praise you for a second. Ryan went to Katy, Texas, and was knocking. Like, dude, knocked a lot of doors. He do he 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 worked all weekend, and he was out at an event tonight. And he's going to be an out out at an event this weekend, knocking more doors because that's what we fucking need to do right now. Yeah. That's what has to happen. Like, even at the state level, it's a state election that he was working on. You were working with Liz Markowitz. Uh, e Liz Markowitz. E Liz Markowitz. Doctor E Liz Markowitz. Uh, Doctor E Liz Markowitz. Yes, I am so sorry. I am in Virginia, and I'm kind of like keeping, um, keeping tabs on this. Um, see, I have a different perspective. Um, uh, as a Virginian, you know, we flipped our house for right. the first time in 26 years, and Beto was a huge part of that. Like he came in, I, I saw him multiple times with multiple candidates campaigning with multiple people so it can be done virginia oh, is yeah. the is the was the capital of the confederacy and beto came here and he flipped it it's not it, it, by no means it's not a texas you know well we've no, had Virginia's democrats in places a small, a small state and it's it's not very rural very red areas it, it it and it and it does and they they die hard red no matter what. Actually, a lot of red areas. I mean, really, when you look at the map, it's D.C., Northern Virginia, and then you know Richmond. There's like a quarter down to Richmond, basically. Yeah, pretty much, and and so that was a, a a huge accomplishment. Him coming and working with those down ballot candidates changed everything, and it's changed Virginia. And we're getting ready to do a whole bunch of of great stuff: decriminalizing marijuana. They're gonna they're gonna enact common sense gun control. You know, we're they're gonna they're making waves. We got out and we did we we did something. And I I, I to praise myself a little bit because you know who doesn't like to pat themselves on the back <laughs> um i got out and i did some some work too and you know it was worth it to mm-hmm. know that i i did something good and that is what ryan did because he is yeah. awesome and he went out there and kicked, kicked ass so ryan i need you to tell us all about flipping texas because that is what is going to lead into our special interview uh this so this uh, week so yeah um as many people know after uh Beto dropped out of the race he kind of took some time off for a little while and he just recently formed a pack called Powered by People. Um, basically, the goal of that, as I understand it, is to you know basically flip Texas blue. And so this uh, last weekend was the first call for action to try to get Dr. Eliz Markowitz elected. Okay, so Dr. Eliz Markowitz, this is a runoff election. She had an election um, back in November. There was she was running against six other Republicans. Uh, I do remember that. I remember them th- th- that being a big thing that was going on. I do yeah. remember her. So she was running against six other Republicans. She got 40% of the vote. Um, so back then. Uh, this is a very, you know, it's red, relatively red district. So January 28th is the runoff election. Um, so it's going to be her and her opponent, just them. And, you know, winner takes all. And so, you know, it's an important one. We are nine seats from flipping the state house uh, there. So this is the first election in 2020 where we have this is, you know, this could be number one of nine. So we got to get out there and help Eliz get elected. So you know, we went out there. Uh, we planned. Let's see. 
I think they did. Let's see. We had uh, Beto showed up. He got involved with Powered by People. Got it was like a little uh, Beto reunion too. Yeah. So he did the whole thing. He did a beers with Beto on Friday. Uh, and you got a, you got a chance to talk to him too, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah, I got some chance to talk to him. Uh, so we got we got a chance to catch up. I think I, I actually finally got to formally introduce myself. I had seen him and I'd shaken my hand and I, he'd seen me around, so he recognized me. But um, I don't think I ever really like got a chance to really talk to him because it was a you know smaller event. So you know everybody's working working hard. Um, so anyways, we had, so basically we were out there, uh, we had three shifts on Saturday, three shifts on Sunday, uh, training people, getting people learning on the minivan app, going out, uh, you know, how to block walk, do the whole script. Um, while we were doing that, there was a team inside doing data entry, keeping everything up to date with the, with the database and, you know, getting signups in there. We had People in there also, if they if they weren't writing or if they wanted to take a break between shifts and they got done with their shifts early and say, I need a break, uh, you know, they could sit there and we had postcards we were filling out for different people. Um, and basically, the idea was we wanted to basically canvas Katie. Uh, uh, the, Katie is about the size of Pittsburgh, so it's not small. Uh, and yeah, uh, we a typical election like this, I think they said, gets usually about fifteen thousand voters. Um, we anticipated that by the time our weekend of action is complete, so we did it last weekend. We're going to go back this weekend, and even you know we're probably even going to keep up the weekend right before the election. Um, you know, we anticipate knocking on every single voter's door, which is pretty big. That's a lot of voter contact. Um, you know, a lot of good data collection, just collecting the data and keeping the database up to date. Uh, as the more you do this, the more you see that data is really key in keeping, you know, voter rolls and who to contact and who your voters are. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, it was a great operation. It was kind of the first dry run of a t like like the idea was they wanted to use this and kind of build a template. So we're going to, you know, lessons learned and how are we going to, you know, keep doing this? Um, so I think we got a lot of lessons learned. Uh, yeah, it was huge. The better road warriors are there. Brenda was there. I saw Brenda is awesome. We yeah. mentioned Brenda this episode, so uh, she is. Uh... <laughs> we should get at least a thousand listens. Brenda's awesome. I I adore her. Her. I wish I could come out there and help She's you. I really do. You, you really should come and meet her in person. She is awesome. She's wonderful. Yeah, she was. Absolutely she was the wonderful. one. You know, she was kind of running the show. Um. So yeah, which means y'all did really really well. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we killed it. Uh, yeah, I met some new friends. Um, got some uh, Cecilia. I hope you're listening. I hope you hear this. Uh, she was my block block partner. She was just a firecracker uh, from Colombia. She's a first immigrant, first generation immigrant from Colombia. She'd been in the country 15 years and became a citizen. Um, and she really thought that this was just real important to be involved in democracy um you know that this is just something like she just couldn't understand why people wouldn't want to be involved in this and get out there and you know doing and being involved in democracy so you know i went out there it was really great to go out there she was just great talking with her and hanging out she was telling me stories about you know people she was convincing and i was telling her stories about like going up to iowa and stuff and yeah, we had a great time so uh i actually saw her at the uh, uh event tonight um Oh, yeah, so tonight, um, Beto was also in town, and uh, Seema, oh, God, I'm not even going to try and pronounce her last name. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it, I can't pronounce it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to butcher it, so I'm not going to even try. Uh, and, and I'm sorry. I apologize horribly. Um, she's running against Dan Crenshaw, and she just launched her campaign headquarters here recently. So. Yeah, and Dan Crenshaw is the absolute worst. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that guy's obnoxious. If anybody can't like he's he's like lower level Trump crony, so he's even more annoying. You've got like the middle tier guys, like the Matt Gateses and the Devin Nunezes. Mm -hmm. You know those guys fucking suck. But the lower level guys, they're trying to like you know just just being rude get as much dirt reason. off as booze they could, which is not that district. Like the district really isn't as hardcore that kind of Trump as he is. So I mean, he won a primary, so whatever. 
anyways, she's out there. She's running. Um, so we launched her campaign headquarters. That was awesome. Um, got to hear her speak. So I, I, uh, I was sold when she told me that she perfected her English by watching Star Wars. And that's the best way to do it. <laughs> Which brings me back to Fan my is. original point. The uh-huh. new Star Wars was awful. It was. It was. Uh, no, no. I hated that movie. I was so I'm mad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sure people, uh, you know, I, for all the Ken Low, was the Ken Low uh, uh, people out there? No. <laughs> I, I don't know. Something like that. Raylo or whatever. That's what it, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. No. That whole, I, I, apparently, there's a, 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 a like a J.J. Abrams cut that is way, way better. So hopefully we get that and it's not, it doesn't end up like Justice League because that movie was that movie was good until it wasn't. But back to <laughs> back to to flipping Texas yeah. while you were there. Tell us uh, tell us some of the stuff, you uh, the, the other really cool stuff you got. to Oh, do. yeah. So while I was there, uh, we got a chance to interview Dr. Eliz Merkowitz. Um, I asked her. I managed to you know talk to her. She was really, really great. Um, you know, I love her personality. When you hear her interview, you'll know exactly what I mean. Um, so yeah, I got a chance to talk to her. So why don't we go ahead and, uh, play that. I am sitting here with Dr. Elis Markowitz, who is running for Texas House District 28. Uh, we're out here at the Powered by People, uh, event trying to organize, get out the vote for Katy, Texas. Um, so, uh, Dr. Markowitz, why don't you t- start off telling me, like, you know, who you are and why you're here and why are you running for House District 28 and why is House District 28 so important? Yeah, for sure. First, thanks for having me on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Uh, Thanks to Powered by the People for putting together these amazing Mm -hmm. weekends of action. Uh, We are on the cusp of change in House District 28. Um, I'm a Fort Bend native, was born in Sugarland. Uh, My dad works in the oil industry, so we moved to Holland and England. So so for the people who don't know, how big is Fort Bend? Uh, Fort Bend Uh, is massive, bigger uh, than Pittsburgh. Uh, Yeah, that was repeated (laughs) setback. So yeah, we're on the eastern part of Houston suburbs district, so it's mostly suburbs, right? Yes, Um, primarily suburbs. We have some rural as we go towards Mm -hmm. the western part of our HD 28, House District 28 area, um, but primarily suburbs, um, which has been rapidly changing due to the urban sprawl of Houston. (laughs) Um, Houston's also the energy capital of Texas, and so we have a bunch of people moving into the state. Most diverse city in the country. Yes, (laughs) and Fort Bend County has been called the most diverse county in the country. Uh, so we I've really, heard that actually. I've, I've, that's the first time I've heard that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there were a bunch of studies that came out that said that, and then there was one that said Harlem might be the most diverse. Oh, okay. so we'll, we'll claim it. Still. We'll claim it for now. <laughs> um, but I think that's really telling, right? Yeah. Here in outside of Houston, Texas, we have one of the most diverse populations in the country. And we simply don't have a representative who represents all those voices. Um, for too long, it's been a good old boys club in Fort Bend County, uh, and now we are in, we have the opportunity in 17 days to elect someone who is willing to work with all the diverse populations within Fort Bend County, listen to their concerns, whether or not they meet the threshold of the top 2% or fit a certain criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm running my campaign because I believe in honesty, integrity, diversity, and inclusion. Those are the four principles that I've been running on since day one. And I will hold to that. Awesome. That will be the yeah. island that yeah, I die that's, on. That's right. That's, that's a, that, you can't go wrong with those principles right. for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And, that, and, and yeah, we were just talking just a second ago about how you know politicians become a dirty word. But the truth is, like, if you're principled, you know what you're after, you know, it's, it's, you can become a force for good, absolutely. That's something we need is more people who are actually looking to turn the government into a force for good again. Yeah. Right, and I, I think yeah. that's a really interesting point, right? Um, I mean, it wasn't too many decades ago that regardless of your political party affiliation, we knew that people were working together for a greater good. We may not always agree with the methodology on how we got there, but we knew that people wanted to improve society. And it seems that that has completely fallen away. And now it's just this partisan bickering and the vitriol and the hatred being spewed from all aspects of the administration, from the very top to the state house. Um, and 
people are tired. Um, people are exhausted with the dysfunction and the corruption in government. I, I think that's, yeah, because I think people, you know, we, we're so distracted by Trump and this Trumpism and this, like, loud part of politics that we forget that that really is a small minority. Most people just want to get along. I mean, we're out here talking to, you know, knocking on doors and Katie here, you know, you know, you'll hit a Republican door and they're friendly to you. They're not going to out there, right. you know, they're not yelling Trump, Trump, 2020 in your face. No, they're just like, okay, you know, we disagree, move on. Like, we need our politics, I think, to start reflecting who we actually are. Absolutely. Yeah. Just getting back to the the fact that at the end of the day, regardless of Republican or Democrat, we're all Americans. Right. We all want to live in a society that is prosperous and that is equitable. And until we actually face the demons that we're currently facing in positions of power, right. we're not going to be able to do that. And so right. my goal is to be the first force of good in 2020 in the Texas ledge. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and hopefully that'll spur on more people. So to... let's talk about the election. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, so this is a runoff election. Yes. Uh, previous election, how many were you running opposed against in the Republican side? Was it like six or so? Yes. So there were six Republicans. Uh, I was the only Democrat. We ended up taking about 40% of the vote. Mm -hmm. um, but because nobody got a majority, we headed to a runoff. Right, right. So now we're doing this runoff. Obviously, it's going to be you know low turnout election, but we have powered by people out here, which yes. is basically knocking on every potential voter out there. I mean, we've been talking repeatedly how you know it's with the amount of manpower we've been able to bring out here, we may very well be able to knock on every single voter for that for that uh, uh, special election, which is amazing. It's incredible, so, and those are the kinds of elections that are entirely turnout based, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you know, you're 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 not. It's just about getting people to the polls. Exactly. And that's what we're out here doing, just getting people yes. to the polls. So. Um, and we know that uh, as great as Democrats are, we know that we have a low mm -hmm. propensity to turn out, mm -hmm. um, especially in a low salience special election runoff. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. But the fact that we've been able to, or by the end of this weekend, we'll have canvassed mm -hmm. our entire universe uh, for the second time around. People are going to be aware that in 17 days, we right. have an election. And, and it helps also reinforce the idea that, oh, no, there are actually Democrats here who, you know, we're knocking on doors. We're not going away. Right. You know, uh, yes. you know Beto wasn't a fluke who just came through as a flash in the pan. No, we're out here. We're mobilized. And we're trying to make it happen, like, at all levels. And I think that kind of helps reinforce with people, too, just that constant contact and not just yes. you know, knocking on one door for one election. No, we're here all the time. We'll be here. Right. Yeah. Uh, and having having the people, right, mm -hmm. the people actually fighting for their democracy. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something that Beto brought to the table and has also been a cornerstone of my campaign since the very start. So the fact that we were able to have this collaboration, he was willing to put in his time and effort is tremendous. So I wanted to ask about that. How did you get involved with the Power for People PAC? And, uh, you know, how did they, how did they approach <laughs> you? And, you know, how did this partnership of form that now we're, you know, because there's a lot of people from your campaign here, but I mean, I talked to somebody from North Carolina down here. Yeah, no, it's incredible. From, like, I met people from all over, they came down to hell. Yeah, people from over 90 cities came in today, crazy, uh, yeah. or this weekend, and it all started uh, when Beto was still in the presidential race. Oh, really? Um, he came down here when, after the Houston debate okay. and did a rally for us before the first phase of this election okay, okay. Um, and he then continued his presidential run uh, he unfortunately bowed out of that as we sure. all know uh, but shortly after that he contacted me and said hey I want to do everything I can to help so he came out here in December um, we spent some time together and then he went back to El Paso and that's when he launched Power awesome. by People awesome. Um, so. and so now we see the fruits of that labor yeah, and we, we are here to help here to help and this is a this is I think an important race you know like you said it's the first one in 2020 so it's gonna be a bellwether race I think absolutely it's gonna show that um, you know a safe what would be considered a safe Republican is now up for grabs and right. we're gonna put it up for grabs and safe, with safe Republican with money <laughs> yes. about that. I mean we, this is this is kind of a proof that <coughs> sorry that we can counter money with people Absolutely. And that if we get together and organize, we can, we can overcome that. And I think this yeah. is 
the epitome of that because mm-hmm. my opponent is a self-funding multimillionaire, mm-hmm. right? He's not using people power at all. And so when we win in 17 days, it's going to send a message to our colleagues in Austin that change is here. Exactly. <laughs> and we're going to do it again 10 months from now. <laughs> so uh, Dr. Mark, let's really appreciate it. I really love, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, no, thank you I so really, much. Awesome. <laughs> so I'm great. Uh, that, you know, we wish you all obviously the best of luck. I'm gonna be going. I'm gonna do at least. I'm doing another shift today, and then I'm gonna do all the shifts tomorrow. And I'm hoping uh, I might be able to come back next week. That I'm, rocks, I'm, man. I'm gonna try. <laughs> I have to. I have to swing. I have to still have to swing that schedule. But, totally so understand. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I so really appreciate you. it. Appreciate it. And thank you. All right, man. Thanks for thanks for doing that. And dude, you yeah. really like I, I we say I say this a lot. But you really elevated this show. Like it really became. <laughs> it didn't become what it is until you came on and we were doing this full time together. And it's been wonderful. Awesome. So let's keep it going. We'll keep it yep. keep it on. Keep it on. Um, that way, you know, we, there's more to be done. You know, like I said, uh, Beto's trying trying to get um, this powered by the people thing going. You know, you know, it would be really really sweet to have with that. Your own podcast, <laughs> <laughs> guys. That will help you via, via via podcast. I will move to Texas tomorrow. I promise you. <laughs> I will tell my wife we we're moving to Texas. All right. We well, got, we, we got to do I'll, this. I'll uh, I can put you up for a few weeks <laughs> <laughs> until you find a place. <laughs> we can. That's how we live there permanently. I'm a teacher, man. They don't pay us that much money. Well, live on your couch forever with a one year old and the wife. I, uh, It'll be like a commune. Texas, the teacher. I think. Well, teachers. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what teacher pay in Texas is compared to Virginia. I actually make decent pay for what teachers make um, in Virginia, where I'm at. So I couldn't leave my district if I wanted to without oh. taking like a three or four thousand dollar pay cut. Uh, but it is what it is. I I enjoy what I do. Cool. Um, but anyways, guys, thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate getting to spend this time with you. And even though Beto is not in the presidential um, race, you still we still need to be paying attention to that. There was a debate tonight, um, so I'll, I'll catch the highlights of that later. Um, there's still really, really good things you can donate to uh, Dr. Eliz uh, Markowitz. Eliz uh, Markowitz. Mar- um, sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, she, we, we, let's flip this, uh, let's, let's flip this seat and then move on to getting Dan, Dan Crenshaw out of there and getting John Cornyn out of Texas. Yes. You know, you, you, you guys are next. You're, you're we're, up to bat and it's, it. it's home run time, right? Virginia, Virginia paved the way you guys are coming too. So, uh, for me and Ryan, thank you. And, uh, let's keep on looking ahead to Beto days.